0: Underwriting for AutoLine this week is provided by. Did you know advanced high strength steels are the leading material used by automakers to achieve the new fuel economy standards? Advanced high strength steels are lighter in weight and reduce greenhouse gas emissions without compromising safety, performance, or affordability. Steel, a sound, sustainable investment. Today, tomorrow, and beyond. For more information, visit autosteel.org.
1: Why? Because plants need water to grow. Because baseball's played in the summer. Oxygen and hydrogen. Because I forgot to get a receipt. Why? Why not? Why? Why don't you go ask your dad?
0: Do Sonata drivers know something you don't? The Sonata from Hyundai. And now, here is your host, John McElroy.
2: I want to thank you all for joining us today on Outline This Week, where we're going to be getting into all things Kia. And the reason we're doing that is because my guests include Michael Sprague, the Executive Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Kia. Also, Tom Loveless, the Executive Vice President of Sales, and my colleague Brent Snavely from the Detroit Free Press, here to help me drag all the information out of these guys. But let me start by saying... Kia has been on an unbelievable tear in the American market and elsewhere in the world right now, but since you guys deal with the American market side of it, let's talk that. It's almost been astonishing, the growth that you've had. I guess my question is, can you keep that up?
3: You know, it's funny. It's funny, John. We have had a a tremendous run during some difficult economic times, right? And over the course of the past three years, our brand has grown faster than any other brand in the market. In fact, over a five-year period, our market share has doubled. So so as we look to, to, to build the brand and, and chase it into the future, I'm sure Michael will speak to a little bit of the of the branding and, and the building the brand, per se. But from a product standpoint, uh, from a network development standpoint, we're on track. We think we have a, a strong foundation in place to, to grow the brand.
1: And, and let's face it, it, it all starts with product. I mean... You know this business better than anybody. It's all about product. We've introduced nine new products in less than three years. Everything from the Soul small crossover to the, the Sorrento built down at our plant in West Point, Georgia, Optima built down in Georgia as well in the heart of the, the car segment or car market. Each product just better and better from a design standpoint, technology, safety, fuel economy, uh,
2: horsepower.
1: There's, there's no trade-offs with the brand.
2: But don't you go into a little bit of a product lull right now, and that's why I'm asking, can you keep this growth going?
3: I'll <laughs> oh, yield you on that yeah. <laughs> one. Well, we, we, oh, we've, we've got a lot planned over the course of the next 12 months, and, and Michael and his team will be front and center with a lot of it. And yeah, we,
1: absolutely. D- 2012 was kind of our product lull. The last uh, product we introduced was the new Rio, both sedan and, and five-door. Um, 2012 was start putting the processes in place to come out with uh, seven uh, refreshed or all-new products in the next, say, 15 months. So 2013 is going to be huge for us. I mean, the the first vehicles that you're going to see are the new Sorento facelift, which we'll introduce at the L.A. Auto Show, and then the new Forte, uh, which is all new. But Peter Schreier and his team, you know, they've done wonders with the Optima, their they, their magic continues with with the forte you
3: know John as we Michael just mentioned in a minute ago we've brought nine new products to market over a three-year period that's more than anybody else in the industry um, of any size so a, a, a tremendous a, a tremendous forge forward 2012 was all about catching your breath building the brand right getting ready for the, for the next product wave, as Michael just described. So we did a lot of things uh, uh, to build the brand over the course of the, uh, of the past 12 months. And, uh, and it's, it's playing out in, uh, in our volume and in our sales as we finish out the year.
4: The, the last time we talked, I, I, you uh, talked about having three models on track to go over 100,000 units this year, and now it looks like you will hit that. Can you talk about... Um, what that does for the brand, and, and and how what what kind of importance that is for you guys?
3: Well, I think uh, again from a foundational standpoint, it's critically important to have three legs of the stool, if you will. Um, and you're right because Optima just this past uh, just this uh, through August delivered 100,000 units, so we are certainly on track um, with the other two vehicles being Sorento and Soul to crack uh, crack 100,000. So. That really helps insulate us, uh, different segments, certainly Sorrento and Optima mid-size car, and then Soul in the Compact, competing in the Compact car segment. Gives us a real balance that, uh, that helps us as the market ebbs and flows throughout the year and from year to year.
4: Mm. And Michael, the, the, the Kia Sol um, kind of put the brand on the map. Um, other manufacturers haven't had as much success with a boxier type vehicle like that. Um, why has the Soul been so successful? And, and you also brought the hamsters back uh, earlier <laughs> yeah. this fall. Uh, um, so can you talk about how, what you did to, to, to bring that uh, to the marketing forefront?
1: Yeah, sure. It, um, again, it, it starts with the product. And, and I think that the product, when we introduced it back in 2009, really connected with consumers who were seeking value. And here was this all new car starting back then at uh, around thirteen thousand five hundred dollars when the economy was in the tank, Um, but it has great design, great visibility, 360 degree, great functionality, 14 areas to store things, so it appealed to our target customer, the youth, because they can bring their friends in, um, stay connected with them through Bluetooth and an auxiliary input jack, all sorts of technologies, but it also appealed to an older demographic who wanted to be, you know, still have this young-at-heart mindset, saw the the, the youth, their kids, their grandkids migrating towards this vehicle and said, hey, I want that as well. So we were able to cross all the different cohorts in terms of uh, attracting the customers. But the marketing did have something to do with it. Um, I don't want to take all the responsibility for it. The sales guys, you know, I got them to the door, and the sales guys closed the deal. But uh, the hamsters definitely resonated with consumers, and... We, we took a different approach. You know, we launched it in 2009. We kind of relaunched it in 2010, not because of the, the first launch was poor. It was because it was so successful, and well, let's keep building upon that. That 2011 brought out another campaign, and then just yeah, this fall brought out the fourth campaign. And we'll probably continue to do that until consumers finally say, okay, en- enough of these guys. But so far, they're connecting.
3: You know, we, do, we, we joke, and, and I, I do want to give Michael and his team a lot of credit. For launching Sol to the altitude that it that it launched to, and it's been ama- it's been an amazing ride. The uh, it does start with a product, though. And I think it was a product that the timing was right. I think the design was eye-catching, I think it was very functional, it cast a wide net, as Michael described, over, over a, a, a wide base of, you know, originally intended perhaps to be a bit of a niche vehicle, but we quickly realized that that the the compact segment in earnest had an interest in this car, and I think uh, uh, the product itself coupled with the work that his team's doing uh, has really helped us.
2: Michael, go back to the hamsters a mo- moment. I, I don't think I've ever seen a television advertising campaign in automotive as successful as that. I mean, you've got fans of the hamsters. Right. Where'd the idea come up with? When they first came to the agency, did you go, what, are you guys crazy?
1: Yeah, well, again, if you think back of where we were in 2009, I mean, we were about to go on this this brand transformation, and Soul was the first vehicle that was gonna lead that charge, and we were a 2.8% market share player. We had no brand recognition or awareness, totally outspent by our competition. And basically, they came with the idea, and it was like, what do we got to lose, you know? and And thankfully it, it connected with with consumers. They will say the uh, they pitched it to us on Halloween two thousand and eight, and they came and the agency came in all dressed in their Halloween costumes. So they kind of set the stage for for the idea here. It was like, this is just crazy, but it's a great idea, and just one thing led to another
4: and maybe we'll stick to marketing for uh, a little bit with that. Um, yeah. You've said that you will be back in the Super Bowl again this year. You had a big hit with the Super Bowl ad um, with with the supermodel and Modley crew last year. Right. So, uh, what can you tell us about your, your plans for the Super Bowl commercial and and what does that kind of an event do for a brand like you that is trying to break through the clutter?
1: Yeah, ex- 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 it does exactly that. There's a hundred hundred and ten million people watching this game. I mean, people are watching because of the ads. Um, and so, again, as, as a, now a 4% market share player, there's still a lot of people out there that don't know who we are or what we stand for. What, what, what percentage is that?
2: What, what percent of the car buying public is completely unaware that there's even a Kia out there?
1: Uh, boy, I'd say probably sixty percent, just because they're not they're not in they're not in the buying cycle, so there's really no need for them. I also have the the issue. I, I
2: only ask that because the point is, you guys could have a lot more up to grow.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's what uh, we talk about that all yeah. the time, and how how we're going to continue to grow. Yeah, I think uh, um,
3: uh, you know, not the venture off marketing. We'll, we'll circle back to it because it really is one of our key success drivers, but. Uh, um, you know, we've introduced all these products circling back to that, the Sorrento and the compact CUV segment, the, the, the Sportage, um, the, uh, the Optima, the Soul, the Forte, all these what I call the meat and potato segments. This is the car industry by and large. Um, and, uh, and, and we feel real good about the product. And uh, um, that's really helped us in terms of what I call relevance in, in, in the marketplace. And Michael's team has been doing such a good job at at making people aware. Um, we're confident that if people are in, in, in market and they give us a try, they're going to like what they see. They're going to like what they feel. Um, it is about uh, value, but it's also about Certain level of sophistication too, a little surprise and delight sophistication. It's about the driving experience. It's about useful technology, things people want in today's world, and I think that's what has uh, it, it makes it my job a little easier when I have that plus plus Michael's guys watching my back.
2: I, I don't clearly understand where the Kia brand stands vis-a-vis Hyundai. You know, my understanding what because you're essentially two branches of one parent company. Kia, I always thought, was the youthful, cheap, cheery, sporty, Hyundai supposedly being a little bit more sophisticated, maybe a little bit more upscale. But when I look at the styling that Peter Schreier, your head designer, has given you, especially with the Optima, some of the cars that we're seeing coming out of uh, Korea, too, the Quoris and the, is it the, the k uh, uh, the Cadenza or the K7, K7 or, or the that's K- it.
1: Chorus K9. That's yeah,
2: right. And, uh, and when I see those cars, I go, wow, that is very sophisticated looking design. Almost, dare I say it, treading on the, the coattails of BMW or, or that, that. like. Where is the, the, the Kia brand? What does it stand for or what do you want it to stand for?
1: Well, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. We want to be perceived as a youthful, fun, sporty brand. And um, there are a lot of customers out there that that's resonating with. And um, the, the value, which is core to our DNA and has been from the beginning in these economic times, is really resonating. As, as Tom mentioned earlier, we're trying to kind of raise that value to a new level of sophistication, and that's by adding features or technologies in our vehicles that they can get on <laughs> higher end premium brands, but bringing it down to uh, the, the mainstream mass market brands. So it's, you know, design, I mean, just because we're, we're a value brand doesn't mean you can't have great design, and Peter Schreier has clearly shown that. Um, there, there's, we see just endless opportunities you know, in, in a lot of different segments. And I think you'll, you'll see us continue to, to make a foray into new segments as, as we see the opportunities arise.
3: Don't mistake value for cheap.
1: Absolutely. Va- is va-
3: value yeah. defined as what you get for the money you spend. And what you get can be rational. Things like fuel economy, like IIHS top safety picks. Like uh, like J.D. Power's recognition and and quality and the like, uh, or it can also mean things like this level of sophistication that Michael's talking about, design, uh, the useful technology that I that, that I mentioned earlier. It, it people today are waking up on a Saturday morning and they're saying, you know what, I'm going to go try a Kia today. And that's exciting. <laughs> that's good stuff. So we're going to we're going to keep keep putting the blocks in place one at a time, the block-by-block block approach, um, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, get more and more of your viewers to, to give us a try. So I'll
4: pick up on John's question there a little bit. Um, yeah, Kia is uh, approximately 34% owned by Hyundai, uh, and, and many analysts and journalists will look at the market share of the two companies together, which together you're... You're uh, above Honda and Nissan at the moment, uh, nipping on Chrysler. But you guys look at Hyundai as a competitor. Uh, can you can fierce, you, <laughs> fierce? Explain <competitor>. that.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's they, they're just like uh, a Toyota, a Nissan, a Ford, a Chrysler, a GM. I mean, he, here in the U.S., we have separate sales and marketing organizations and service as well. Um, you know, again, I
2: our job I, is to grow the Kia brand. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny line. John Krafchek, the CEO of Hyundai, I asked him the same question, but from the Hyundai side, I asked him about Kia. He says, oh, we hate them twice. We've got to fight them in the market and we've got to fight them internally. So, but it, good, healthy competition. Absolutely.
1: That's yeah. exactly but what
2: speaking it's of about. Hyundai, you guys do, Kia does a much better mar- uh, job in the American market of, of, on the truck side of things. Things like uh, the Rio is actually classified on, on the truck side. You know, and COV, CUVs, SUVs, you guys do better than, than Hyundai does. W- what's the secret?
3: Well, I'm, I'm not going to speak for Hyundai. I'll let you circle back to Kraftcheck. But the uh, um, Sorento has been a wildly popular vehicle for us. And, it, and, and, you know, it was our very first U.S.-built product. We, um, when we opened our assembly plant uh, in West Point, Georgia, Uh, It was the first vehicle that rolled off the line. I remember the day uh, vividly. Exciting, exciting times. And there's a certain sense of pride uh, that comes from that vehicle. But again, um, internal pride's nice. The car buying public is more interested in what's the value. And I think we've been able to crack that code. And uh, I I think it's, uh, we almost instantly became one of the leaders in the segment and the, the top Four or five or six, depending upon the month, uh, in a very crowded, uh, very competitive segment, and uh, it continues to this day to be to be one of the anchors of the brand.
4: And you, you mentioned West Point, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, t- talk about your, your presence with that manufacturing plant here in the U.S. and um, and, and where is it going? Are you are you um, have you maximized production capacity there? Could you expand there? Um, uh, where, where where do you, where do
3: you stand? Well, I'll, I'll speak to the plant that exists. Um, it has an uh, annual capacity of 360,000 vehicles. Which is huge. Huge. It, it, it originally opened with capacity of uh, of 300,000. It was a $1.1 billion investment in this country at a time when it was easy to look the other way. Uh, so. So there's an immense sort of pride associated with, with the plant opening. It brought 10,000 jobs uh, to the market, 3,000 in, in the plant itself, but then the, the supplier base that surrounds the plant and feeds the plant provided another 7,000 jobs. We invested, when we saw things were going so well, um, we invested another, uh, six, or uh, another 100 million into the plant to drive the capacity to 360,000. Today it operates on three shifts and produces 360,000 units.
4: So is there, is there a way, that, that sounds like a, the plan is maximized and, and is producing all it can. Could, could you, is there space on that campus to build another plant, would you ever see uh, the need for a, a second uh, plant somewhere in uh, North America?
3: I, again, that's, uh, that's, I'm not really equipped to, to answer that. I will say that from, uh, on a worldwide basis, we build 2.7 million Kias worldwide. And uh, our production capacity, we are building every single one of those units now. We're a 4% market share company here in the U.S. As the market continues to knock on wood, improve somewhat over the course of the next year or two, uh, if our goal is to grow the share, we're going to need to find additional product, perhaps from other parts of the world. Some other parts of the world are struggling. And one of the benefits of being associated with a brand like Kia is they have the flexibility to to move things around all over the world. Well,
2: plus there's now a free trade agreement between the U.S. and South Korea to make it easier to import them from South Korea. Here's my question, though. And the other way around. Oh, oh, you're going to export?
3: Uh, What I'm saying is that U.S. companies have the ability to export to Korea now, too, which uh, who knows what the future brings? Whether whether key is built here in the U.S. or exported to Korea. Um, no announcements here. Just mm-hmm. a, it, the free trade agreement lets that scenario play out. If if ultimately it uh, you know comes to fruition,
2: we'll see. Tom, I got a question on your dealer base. Mm-hmm. you Satisfied with where it's at? Do you want to grow it more? What are your plans?
3: We have uh, today. We have about 765 dealers um, and. Uh, you know the, the market in 2012 looks like it's going to shake out at what a 14-4, 14- four, 14, who knows, right? Depending with the election coming up, 14 mid anyway. Uh, in a perfect world, in a 16 million industry, in a healthy 16 million uh, industry, our dealer count will probably grow slightly. 800 is probably optimal in a 16 million industry. Um, but our, our efforts right now are really on uh, growing uh, the uh, performance and working with the 765 dealers we got.
4: And I'll, I'll jump back to the your sales and market share growth success a little bit this year. We had kind of a, uh, an odd situation in the market this year with the, the Japanese automakers recovering from the tsunami earthquake uh, and inventory issues they had last year. Um, what, what was it you know what was it like in that environment uh, and and what do you see coming um, as we head into the end of the year and first quarter of next year
3: well I, I think we're seeing a lot of what you what you're seeing too first of all the 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 tragedy that struck Japan is just even a good year and plus after the fact it's still devastating and our hearts go out to everybody uh, affiliated with that a tragedy in any way, shape, or form. Um, we we had a plan, and we executed our plan. And um, I, I do think the lack of, of um, availability coming from Japan probably suppressed the market a little bit. I think some people stayed out of market. I do think we saw, over time, and have seen, more and more Honda and Toyota customers visit our showroom. Um, I think it's driven by the product offerings that we have and how we, how we compare on a, on a product attribute basis um, as well as a, you know, pricing and, and the like. In terms of next year, you know, I shrug my shoulders. Let's see what the election brings.
1: But I don't think the Japanese are going to let up. And they've seen what we can do in the marketplace. And uh, whereas a couple years ago, we probably
2: really weren't on their radar.
1: I think we're definitely on their radar now, and they're watching everything that we
2: do. Oh, I, I can assure you, at going to a number of the new product launches this year, you are very much on their <laughs> radar screen. There's no question about that. Michael, what are you going to do to conquer or make this other 60% aware that Kia's out there? You, you've done brilliantly with the hamsters, but that's for the Kia Soul. How yep. do you work that magic on the rest of the lineup?
1: Yeah, it's, it's for, from a marketing standpoint, it's really continuing to, to challenge convention in terms of how we go to market. And it's making sure that we, we understand the target customer um, and what they're really looking for and how they want to be communicated to. Um, we've established kind of four key marketing pillars that help drive how we go to market. And it revolves around things like music and sports, um, connected life, and pop culture. So those kinds of things uh, really serve as the seeds for our marketing communications. Um, But again, it's every day challenging my team to do things differently, challenge convention, whether it be in broadcast, whether it be in digital, (coughs) and we'll definitely, like most, shift a lot of our spend and and efforts towards the digital space, particularly. And not just with uh, Gen Y anymore, everybody's going online. Everybody's got an iPhone. Everybody's got an iPad or a Blackberry or, you know, an Android or whatever. The data is just
2: unbelievable
1: in in, this, in terms of how many people are now using that as a primary form of their communication
2: moreover as advertisers can't you track your message um, and where it goes far more better. to a far it's greater degree so
1: great I mean you can get down to it's, <laughs> sometimes it's frightening for me I'm like wait a minute you know that about me already but yeah it's fr- from from a from a return on our investment it's the digital space is so much better in helping us to understand whether or not it's working So and we've talked a little bit
4: about the product lineup coming next year. We're now right around the corner from the L.A. auto show. Um, So what what can you tell us about what Kia will um, will have the show in
1: L.A.? Yeah, sure. Well, first, um, for all of the major auto shows, L.A., Detroit, Chicago, New York, we will have a significant announcement at every one of the shows. Hmm. For L.A., we're going to introduce the Sorento facelift, which looks great. Um, and the all-new Forte, uh, which and both will be coming out in the first quarter of uh, 2013 as 2014 model years. We'll also introduce uh, UVO Services, which is our next generation uh, UVO, which allows uh, consumers to stay connected to their iPhones or Blackberries all through voice command. Um, so that's going to be really cool it's a It's a smartphone based application system, so again, staying connected with where our consumers are going so it's going to be a, It's going to be a busy year. You guys are going to
2: see uh, kind of the the Tom and Michael show for <laughs>
1: quite a while.
3: We'll rack up some miles that's for sure.
2: Tom, we're getting down to the end, but yep. uh, Michael just mentioned your UVO, your, your connectivity to the car. How's your uh, consumer base reacting to all that? Because th- this whole concept, not just UVO, is a little bit controversial. I, I
3: think from a, from a, a brand perspective, um, we'll do whatever we can to support safe driving, right? And, and UVO services gives us a platform to, uh, for, for leadership when it comes to safe driving. And it, it's a critically and critically and important issue that faces not just car makers, but all of us. Um, and I think our, our dealers are getting their arms around it. It's relatively new. Our dealers are getting their arms around it. And as we continue to communicate the message, um, I think that the car buying public is going to get more and more comfortable with
2: it. Very good. With that, we're going to have to wrap it up, but I really want to thank you, Michael Sprague, the EVP of Marketing and Communications for Kia, Tom Loveless, the EVP of Sales, and my colleague and friend Brent Snavely from the Detroit Free Press. Anyway, join us again next week for another episode of AutoLine This Week.
0: Underwriting for AutoLine This Week is provided by... Did you know advanced high-strength steels are the leading material used by automakers to achieve the new fuel economy standards? Advanced high-strength steels are lighter in weight and reduce greenhouse gas emissions without compromising safety, performance, or affordability. Steel, a sound, sustainable investment. Today, tomorrow, and beyond. For more information, visit autosteel.org. You know why I pulled you over, ma'am? I need you to recalibrate the Doppler shift on the return signal. Radar's on the frisk.
4: Do Sonata drivers know something you don't? The Sonata from Hyundai.